Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. is to experience the no condemnation that Romans 8.1 talks about. Someone says, Alex, how do I get to that? How do I get there? You get there, friend, through the blood of Jesus, he says, through applying the blood of Jesus. You can do this when you take communion, and you do it by just remembering, thank you, Lord. You feel condemned about something, and you say, thank you, Lord, that your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness, Lord. Lord, I receive this cleansing now in Jesus' name. That's what takes away sin consciousness. And it's, it's, it's an amazing fact, guys. And I noticed this in my own life, that the more free we become from sin consciousness, not only do we not condemn ourselves when we miss it, we also, guys, this is awesome, guys, this is really powerful, we also become less judgmental of others. You see, when you see other people living in some kind of sin, and you want to condemn those other people to hell because they're sinning, and, 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 and you know, anytime you do that, it's like you're saying, well, you don't have no more sin. Well, guys, no, remember, everybody's still got some issues going on, you see. But whenever believers are eager to condemn other people well, maybe you're sinning in a way that you're not sinning. You want to condemn those people to hell. Well, condemnation comes out of sin consciousness, you see. And so, so, so the more that your own conscience is, is purged by the blood of Jesus, the more free you are from guilt and condemnation. What you will find is you won't be beating other people up about their sin anymore. And guys, how important is that, you see? that we as the church learn to just not be so judgmental, <laughs> you see? Now, I'm not saying that, that we, we condone sin. That's not what I'm saying, guys. I trust you're catching me. But what I am saying is, is freedom from sin consciousness enables you to first of all, not beat yourself up anymore over your own sin, but also to, to give other people some more grace as well, you see, and to really just trust, well, yeah, you know, they're, they're struggling in that area, but, you know, uh, I, I know, I know Holy Spirit is working on them, you see, they're, they're a work in progress, just like anybody else, and so, and so freedom from sin consciousness is something that we are to have under grace, under the blessing, guys, whereas under the law, there was an increase in sin consciousness. And so here's the thing. As long as we're operating under this law-based mentality, I got to do to be okay with God, what we're doing is we are actually keeping ourselves in sin consciousness. You guys listening to me? And so the solution is look to Jesus, guys. Look to what his blood has done and receive it, man. Receive it. 
Say out loud right now, I receive everything that the blood of Jesus has already made available to me. I receive the complete forgiveness that Jesus has already purchased for me. Praise God. Now let's uh, let's keep moving here. Uh, I want to I want to get this in before we're out of time. Or man, time just flying by, guys. I kind of feel like we're kind of a little bit all over the place tonight. But just you know, like I said last week, these these uh, Wednesday night Bible studies are kind of an opportunity for me to just kind of try out some stuff. <laughs> you know, just kind of throw out some stuff and just kind of cook up some stuff here, and we'll flesh this out a little bit more. And I'll be teaching on this in on, in the weekend and. And it's going to be powerful, but uh, we're just really just, you know, going over some stuff, cooking up some stuff here, man, cooking a good spiritual meal. Amen. Praise God. Some good spiritual food. We're, we're always serving some good spiritual food around here at Grace World. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> now, um, look at this here. Let's look at these verses, and then we're going to look at this uh, thing about forgiveness. Look at verse 15, uh, Hebrews 9, 15, uh, because I, I said that under the um, during Jesus's earthly ministry the old covenant the old testament was still in effect i want to show you this from scripture look at verse 15 speaking of jesus he says and for this cause he jesus is the mediator of the new testament now catch this guys that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, guys, you have eternal redemption. You also have an eternal inheritance. <laughs> Glory to God. How many are glad about that? Someone says, Alex, how can I know? It says, they which are called, how can I know that I'm called? Friend, if you believe on Jesus, if you have put your faith in Jesus, I want you to know you are called, you see. You are called. Praise God. Look at verse 16. This is what I want you to see. He says, For where a testament is, now again, the word testament is the same word as covenant. So you can say, you could replace this with covenant. And so he says, Where a testament or a covenant is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Verse 17, For a testament is a force after men are dead, Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. And so Jesus is the mediator of the New Testament. And he says, in order for a testament to be in force, there, there has to be, in other words, the testator has to die. You see, this is kind of like he's really talking about it in a sense, like a, like a last will and testament. In other words, if, if somebody has a will that they're leaving and in this will, they're um, leaving certain things, you know, with their children or spouse. Well, how many know, guys, as long as the person lives, that will is not in effect. Amen. That will goes into effect once that person dies. It's exactly the same thing with a testament. It's exactly the same thing with a covenant. So glory to God. You see, the old covenant was in effect while Jesus was walking the earth. Why? Because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. But the moment that Jesus died on the cross, I want you to understand, glory to God, that's when the New Testament kicked in. That's when the new covenant kicked in. You see, Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. Then what he did was he took our penalty for not being able to to live up to the standard he went to the cross he died for us on the cross and the very moment he did that he fulfilled the old covenant 
and he glory to God he he purchased our redemption the Bible says from the curse of the law you see that very moment he died on the cross that's when the New Testament came into effect that's when the new covenant kicked into effect and so the new covenant guys starts with the book of Romans <laughs> they technically speaking your Bible should say New Testament there should be a dividing page between the book of Acts and the book of Romans where it says New Testament because the New Testament starts with the book of Romans now the book of Acts is kinda like a like a transitional book if you will because the book of Acts is is a historical book it's a book that describes the uh, history of the early church and you will see that the revelation of the new covenant is gradual in the book of Acts if you read earlier chapters in the book of Acts you uh, you find where Peter says well they were asking what do we do to have to be saved I think that's around chapter 3 and Peter says uh, be baptized and, and you'll be saved I'm, I'm paraphrasing something along those lines but compare that with Acts chapter 16 where the Philippian prison guard asks uh, the Apostle Paul uh, what, what do we have to do to be saved well, now Paul says, this is what you got to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have to be saved, and, and you will be saved. And so the book of Acts is a book that describes pro progressively the revelation of the new covenant. And around chapter 10, where Peter was called to Cornelius' house, and, and they began to realize that God was not only making this gospel available to Jews only, but also to the Gentiles. And so you got that in the book of Acts, but the book of Romans is the first official book of the New Covenant that is written under the New Covenant, that is written to New Covenant believers specifically. And so I just want you to be aware of that. This is a Bible study. Might as well learn some things about the Bible. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now, let's, uh, we got a few minutes left here. Let's, let's head over to Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 6, and I want to just show you and rightly divide now between the Old Covenant, which, as I said, is in effect while Jesus is saying these words, and then I want to contrast that with the New Covenant, and we'll, we won't be able to do all of it tonight. We'll just continue this next week, but uh, we'll get as far as we get. Praise God. Are you guys getting something out of this tonight? You see, I just really want you to to have some some knowledge and understanding that you can apply to your to your walk with the Lord. You see, uh, this is what this this Bible study is all about, guys. You see, just really being equipped with with knowing how to rightly divide the word. You know, so so that you don't look at something in Scripture that's going to throw you off. And, 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 and what you're looking at might not even apply to you as a New Covenant believer. Amen. And so let's look at this here. We, we want to take a moment to just look at a few verses here from what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. And I will show you guys. Now, there's nothing wrong with this prayer. Trust, trust me, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. But what I am saying is, you want to rightly divide this word and you want to understand when Jesus is saying this old covenant is still in effect he's not talking to born-again believers nobody was born again yet at this time and so you got to take this into consideration when you read this and so let's look at this Matthew chapter 6 
starting in verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Praise God. This is what he says. He says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Stop right there. He says, After this manner, pray ye. And so, after this manner means along these lines, pray. This is important because how many times, guys, have we seen people take this prayer and just recite it line by line? You see, and, and, and a person who just recites the Lord's Prayer and there's no real, it's not really alive, it's not coming from your heart, it's really just words that you memorized. Uh, that's not what, what this was ever meant to be, you see. When Jesus says, after this manner pray ye, what he's saying is, is I'm giving you an outline here, okay? <laughs> he's saying, don't, don't do this literally, don't do this uh, word for word, no, make it your own. I'm just giving you uh, some guidelines, you see, for, for prayer. And, see, and watch what he says. He says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. He says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, that's something we understand, that it's the will of God for what's true in heaven to be true on earth. By the way, guys, there's no sickness in heaven. You see, there's no poverty in heaven. There's no anxiety in heaven. Glory to be to God. And so what I want you to see, if we are to pray that the will of God in heaven be done on earth, I want you to understand that includes you understanding that the will of God is healing. The will of God is for you, for your needs to be met. The will of God is for you to be sound. Amen. Now, uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, under the new covenant, we would pray this. You see, you you, you want to again rightly divide this. You see, when we pray this under the new covenant, I want you to understand that you, as a new covenant believer, you have a role to play in this. You see, and so. You're not just asking God passively, God, please let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, man, you see, you understand as a new covenant believer that when there's sickness, you, you begin to speak the word of God over that sickness. You begin to curse that sickness. You begin to command healing to manifest in the body. You see, that's the authority, guys, that you have as a, as a born-again believer that was not yet present when, this, uh, when these words were, were said. Now, verse 11, he says, Give us this day our daily bread. And there's nothing wrong with, with us praying along these lines as long as you're not getting into begging God to give you what you need, as long as you understand that in this new covenant, everything you need has already been made available to you. And so now you're just releasing your faith. And so you might say something along these lines, Father, I thank you that you've made my daily bread available. Father, I thank you that what I need is already available. Lord, I now release my faith to receive it in Jesus' name. You see, uh, verse, uh, verse 12, verse 12 says this. Now, now we're getting into what I want you to see on forgiveness. He says here in the Lord's Prayer, he says in verse 12, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors as we forgive our debtors. My guys, do you see the condition here? Remember last week and, and this weekend, I showed you the pattern of the law from Deuteronomy, that the pattern of the law is us first and then God. 
And what, what do we have here? He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so in other words, the forgiveness we're receiving is condition-based. It's based on us forgiving first. Look at verse 13. He says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now verse 14. This is what I want you to see. This is what a lot of people will, 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 will look at and they'll say, Well, Alex, you said all of our sins are already forgiven. But look what the Lord's Prayer says in verse 14. He says, He says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Hold on, guys. Sounds like they're not forgiven just yet. Sounds like this is condition-based. Sounds like God forgiving us has to do with us first forgiving other people. Guys, you want to rightly divide this. Look at verse 15. He says, but if you forgive men, excuse me, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. Guys, how many people have read this? They've looked at it. They said, well, it's in red. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's the Lord's Prayer. It comes right after the Lord's Prayer. It's Jesus saying this. Well, pastor, then how can you say that all of our sins are already paid for when Jesus said that if we don't forgive other people, we're not going to be forgiven? Well, guys, hold on. You want to rightly divide this, you see. This is something that Jesus said before the cross. You see, before the cross, it was true, in order for God to forgive you, you first had to forgive other people. But glory to God, you see, everything changed when Jesus got on that cross. Glory to God, everything changed when Jesus shed his blood on that cross. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Now, I'm pretty much out of time here, guys, but if you will bear with me and just give me a few more minutes here, maybe three more minutes, and I just want to show you Three more scriptures here to uh, just uh, contrast this, uh, rightly divide this word. Now, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, then your heavenly Father is not going to forgive you. Now, a lot of people, they think that that applies to us as born-again believers. But you see, that was before the cross. And so how did things change after the cross? Look at Ephesians 4.32. Where he says this, he says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, and watch this, guys, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Glory to God. Do you see how the order was changed? Do you see how in the old covenant it was us first, then God? Glory to God. Do you see in this new covenant, he says, forgive you see, guys, forgiveness is still important. But you see, you're not forgiving to try to get God to forgive you. No, you are forgiving, glory to God, because God has already forgiven you. You see, forgiveness is a finished work. Look at Colossians 2.13 and then 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Forgiveness is a finished work. But guys, how many people don't realize this truth that you got to rightly divide the word? You see, guys, this is why some people think that the Bible contradicts itself. But you see, the Bible does not contradict itself. You just got to rightly divide the word, you see. 
you gotta you gotta correctly analyze the word. You see, <laughs> you can't just apply any scripture to any circumstance, to any dispensation, to any time period. You see, you gotta rightly divide it. Look at Colossians two thirteen. He says, and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's before you got saved, he says, he has quickened you together with him. Quickened means he's made you alive together with him, so you're no longer dead in your sins, amen. He's made you alive with him, quickened you with him, and watch this, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Under the new covenant, your sins are already paid for. Look at... Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. And we will finish here for tonight. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 says this. Uh, let me get there, amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 says, I write unto you, little children. He's writing to believers. Watch this now because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Glory to God. And so can you see how in the old covenant it was still condition-based and in the new covenant it's already a finished work. It's already a finished work, you see. And so I want you to be confident in that. And I, I want you to understand, guys, eternal redemption means just that. It means it is eternal. In other words, your sins are not forgiven just temporarily until you sin again. No. You see, you don't have to every time that you miss it. Go and, 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 and go to the booth and, and confess to the guy behind the curtain. You see, the more you do that, guys that actually upholds sin consciousness because a, a person who thinks they have to do that is really more conscious of their own sins than they're conscious of what the blood of Jesus has already done, you see. And so I want you to see this. And in this new covenant, in this new covenant, it is no longer about you forgiving first so that God can forgive you. Even though there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about that, it no longer applies. Nothing is more important in the life of a believer than your personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ. Principles are important, yet the strength and the empowerment in this Christian life come out of your personal walk with Jesus. Now to learn more and to access other resources that will help you to grow in your walk with the Lord, visit alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. And perhaps you're listening to me today and you've never made the conscious choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I want to give you that opportunity. You see, this is not about you cleaning up your life. This is simply about you purposing in your heart, deciding in your heart to believe. And so simply repeat this out loud after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. I believe he died for all of my sins. I believe he was raised again on the third day. And now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Teach me how to live for you. In Jesus' name, 
Friend, if you have prayed that prayer for the first time and you have meant it, you've just given your life to the Lord. You've just gotten born again. Now, I want to encourage you to let us know. You can go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash new beginning. There's a form there where you can email us. Let us know you just gave your life to the Lord. We want to celebrate with you. We want to give you some additional information and resources and really provide you with everything you need to fully step into this life of victory in Christ. And so friend, we look forward to hearing from you.